Hello, Guilty Feminist. This is Deborah. We're heading off to Australia and New Zealand, where we will be appearing live and recording an episode in Christchurch on the 11th of May, Auckland on the 14th of May, Wellington on the 15th of May, Adelaide on the 18th of May, Perth on the 20th, Sydney on the 23rd, Melbourne on the 25th, Brisbane on the 27th, and finally Canberra on the 28th of May. So get in and get your tickets now. They are going very fast. Please go to guiltyfeminist.com and just click on live shows for any of these events. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify. And break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. I'm a feminist, but when I was hanging out with my 13-year-old niece last week in New Zealand... And she put the Australian reality television show on, Married at First Sight. (laughs) My reaction was, this is such a horrendous concept. It's especially offensive as it was started when people in this country were not allowed to get married when they were gay, but they'd been in a relationship for 20 years and had three children, but they were allowed to get married on first sight for a reality television show. Secondly, it it just... The values of the patriarchy that are so embedded within it and the binary and the gender norms and the expectation and the marriage as circus and the whole, you know, concept of marriage, which is questionable anyway, I just said to my teenage niece, I just... This is not what we should be watching. And then 10 minutes in, when she said, I'm bored, shall we change the channel? I was like, shh, her brother's going to object to the service. <laughs> How compelling is that evil show? I, mean, I know. But so... I've, the only, I watched it in the first ever episode of the first ever season, and I watched it and I was lying in a hospital bed because I'd been car doored that day. And I was watching it just going, well, I didn't think my day could get any worse, but <laughs> here we yeah. are. Here we are. It is basically like a car door in the face, but one that you then go, I'll have another one. Yes. <laughs> Shall I binge another car door in the face? So, I'm a feminist. But not too long ago, when I was working with children doing school holiday care, we went to a swimming pool and I shaved my legs so I didn't have to explain why they're hairy to an inquisitive but very judgy (laughs) ten-year-old. Fair. It's too much. Fair. I'm a feminist... But I have been watching The Good Place 
a sitcom about morality and ethics and self-determination. And mostly, when I watch it, I just desperately want Jamila Jamil's wardrobe, figure, and hair. <laughs> and face. I mean, she is ridiculously beautiful. Yeah, just, I can, it's the same, you've got the same style. In hair and dresses. Yeah, I, I do. Well, I know, but then I'm the way less good Jamila Jamil then. Because. Uh, lies. No, I just heard lies. Um, I'm a feminist, but for the last year, my girlfriend has done most of the cooking and cleaning in our home, and I've paid the bills, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> it was her idea, and I went with it. Oh, that sounds like a brilliant division of labour yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't do anything, so I just... I don't. Don't pay the bills? Tom doesn't. I know so little about our finances. I own them. I'm very... That's important to me. It's important to me that I own more than him, but... Yes. <laughs> it's true. But I don't give a fuck. I just don't care about all the shuffling of money around the direct debits. I care, and I'm busy. I don't want to do it. So as far as I know, he's got a huge online gambling problem and I don't have any money at all because... Oh, same. I, like, I pay the bills. You do have an online gambling problem and she doesn't know. No, 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 no but I... Like, she will do all the cooking and cleaning, but also when I say I pay the bills, I would just put money into an account for bills to be paid. Right. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, OK. I'm a feminist... But I'd really like to know what men talk about when there's no women there. Like the fun boy stuff that isn't sexist or horrible or about sport or the lavatory or masturbating or cars. I feel there must be some discussion they have when I'm not there that's not disappointing or gross or boring that I want to be in on. I'm a feminist, but sometimes I put my pet chihuahua in my jacket and zip it up over her head. Then I go up to someone and say, what do you think of these puppies? (laughs) (laughs) While I unzip my jacket and my dog pops her head out. That's brilliant. Pretty great. That is... She loves it. Not mature. It's not mature. And today we are talking about maturity. Yes. But it is brilliant. Thank you. Brilliant. Live from the Thornbury Theatre, Melbourne, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, and guest co host Geraldine Hickey, and very special guest Celia Pacola, talking about maturity. Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Uh, today we are talking about maturity with my wonderful co-pilot here, Geraldine Hickey. Thank you. She, she hasn't even flown here. She, just, she literally got a bus. I've got the tram today. Did you? Yes, I did. And uh, tapped on. And low money, but got away with it. So, What happened? You, you didn't take your money? Yeah, I didn't have any. I had minus $4.36 on my Mikey. 
but I went, well, I'm here now, so <laughs> not getting off <laughs> until I want to. No. And if you're listening at home, Geraldine has celebrated that theft with a large sip of her Chardonnay. Yes. And listen, I'm sure you put in in other ways. Um. No. no. Just because I see you as a socialist who wants to put oh, into the. Yes. Do you want to know why coffers? I didn't have enough money on my Mikey? <gasps> because I caught the bus last week. Yes. And I bought some change to put on the Mikey when I was on the bus. Because that's a good thing about the bus. You can get on the bus and you say to the bus driver, hello, can I chop up my Mikey, please? And this bus driver went, oh, I haven't turned it on. So. <laughs> that's went, the most Australian thing I've ever heard. I know, right? The Mike, is it called a Mikey? Yeah, M-Y-K-I, Mikey. So is that the equivalent of an oyster, a London Oyster card? Yes. A Mikey? That is... Why Oyster? Why Mikey? Who knows why they come well, up Well, we know why Oyster, because it's like the world is your oyster. If you've got an oh. Oyster card, it's like London is your oyster. All right. Yeah, that's no, pretty good. But... Mikey just sounds Should like someone's there? Australian flatmate. Who... Who's, who's actually not really a flatmate. He doesn't pay the rent. He's turned up in London. He's the penny rent. He's living on a pull-out sofa, which he never puts away, even though it's in the main living area. He said he would put it away in the morning, but he never does, obviously. So people are tripping around, and you're knocking, you're thinking, when is Mikey leaving? <laughs> Nobody knows his surname, by the way. He doesn't have one. And he has, like, a tattoo of meatloaf on his shoulder. <laughs> the word or the face? Or the meat? The or the dish. I was thinking the band, but it would be funnier if it were just a tattoo of a picture of some meatloaf. Yeah. I get his mum's meatloaf on the side that he yeah. loves. He loves it, Mikey. Yeah. He loves it. Anyway, so, so but. Yes. Yeah, oh, my key to the city. It's like Oyster. We found out my yeah. key. I was getting to that. Um, yes. Okay. My key to the city. It's Mike. It's Mikey. Well, I wonder it's, why it's spelt weird, though. Why is it spelt weird? Because those things are, aren't they? It's like Tinder. Nobody knows why. I mean, uh, I don't know. That is actually spent correctly. I've, 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 I've yeah. picked on, I don't know why I've picked on Tinder. Is oh. Tinder Tinder, though, because it's like a kindling and you spark it. Yeah. So it's like sparking love. It's a little bit of Tinder you throw into a... Someone's just excited yeah. about that revelation now. We could do those all night. Grinder? More obvious. Yeah. Get that. What's the lesbian version of Grinder in Australia? Brenda? That's not. It doesn't have the same feel, does it, as Grinder? No, yeah, the Brenda there's, is there's the. Brenda, isn't there? And there's, okay, Cupid, and there's. Her. I'm her. out of touch. <laughs> her. Oh, can I just say that, the, so the money that I had that I didn't get to put on my Mikey. I just, everything you say is funny. That's not a funny <laughs> thing to say. But somehow the way you say it makes me laugh. But I just, back to why I'm a good person, because... Mm. So I got off the bus, mm. and with my... This is a literal I so I got off Mikey, the bus. And then I, I gave it to um, a man that was living on the street. Oh. Mm. Turns out you are a good person. Yeah. But that's but, only because my girlfriend told me to. <laughs> and I've been watching a lot of The Good Place... You know, yes. the, do you know the sitcom? Yes, 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 and it's a yes. lot of it's about, no, it's about people who've arrived in the afterlife, and a lot of it is about philosophy and ethics and morality. Chidi would say. He's the moralist. Moral, yes, he's yeah. right. He would say, You've cancelled the good by telling this audience that you did it. 
because well. now you've got But I think it was cancelled anyway when I was told to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I then when you've, you've been catching free rides off the state ever since yeah. to make up for the fact yeah. that um, you once gave something to a homeless person. Yes. <laughs> like, I ride for free now, that's the rule. <laughs> yeah. I'll chop it up when I've got an opportunity to. Well, that's always. You always have an opportunity to. No, no, I don't, because I can't top it up on the tram. I got on the tram, and I'm like, I'd love to just get my card out and tap on, like, extra money. Not available. <laughs> Fix the system. <laughs> <laughs> which leads us, which leads us to our topic, which is maturity. Yes. <laughs> Do you feel like a mature Absolutely. <laughs> a mature feminist, a mature woman, a mature mm. human. Because I oscillate. Sometimes I think I am so mature. I mean, compared to how I used to live, it's definitely. It, yes, but I like to replace mature with, you know, grown up. Like, well, you should have said that off stage before we wrote the topic on the clipboard. Oh. You knew what it was. There were time for suggestions, and it's not now. Yes, okay. I've but announced that's, it that's now. What I'm, yeah, no, that's what I'm... Okay, I am grown immature up. <laughs> No, maturity. Maturity or being a grown-up. But I think maturity is about more than being grown-up. It's also about age. It's about... It's being sensible. <laughs> I think mature is a mature word for grown-up. I agree. That's what I, that's what I said that. Grown-up, yeah. yeah. Like, grown-up is what a child thinks. It's a child looks at us and goes, oh, they're mm. grown-ups. Do you ever wonder how children look at you and do, with how old they think you are? All the time. All the time. All the time. I'm obsessed with yeah. it. I, I, I look in the them. mirror and I try and work out, if I was seven, what would I see? But I've asked so many kids how old they think I am. Oh, it's a dangerous game, Geraldine. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I, it's ranged from 16 <laughs> to 63. <laughs> which basically means I transcend age. <laughs> That's true, yes. That's very good. But children are very poor judges of age. They that's are. what we that's true. No, no, they are, they are. They can't but I just think now, if I were a child or if I were a teenager, would I think I'm old or grown up or mature or, I mean they must look at me and think she's Oh you yeah, you've got it together. You're a you're Yeah, a, or I'd be a responsible person if they were lost in a public place, they'd come to me. Yes. I would, yeah. You look very yes. You would. <laughs> If you were lost in a supermarket, you lost all the time. You would come to me. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's good to know. Uh, would you like to hear some stand-up comedy? Yeah. Please welcome to the stage the one, the only, the magnificent Geraldine Hickey. Sup, fuckers. Um, I, um, I, here's the thing. I like to think that I'm quite mature. Like, things are going quite well at the moment, and that was through making good decisions and whatnot. So, financially, things are going well, and I, I know that they could possibly be going a lot better <laughs> if I wasn't... Do you know, like, if I was a bit more mature about it. Like, last year, I had a, a, quite a successful season at the comedy festival, and with um, the money that I made, I could have invested that, I could have put it on the mortgage, I could have done some sensible things, but I went to Disneyland. <laughs> uh, and I went, because I just, 
oh man, I just love a theme park and it's Disneyland. Do you know what I mean? Like when I was a, a kid, I don't know if anyone remembers, there was a theme park just outside of Sydney called Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, correct response. It was great, right? And I went there when I was about 13 years old on a girl guide camp. Um, we didn't actually camp there. It wasn't like we just were on a trip and we got to go to Wonderland. And I had the best time. I went, oh man, this is so good. And then uh, a year later, I was in Sydney with um, my family. We were on a family holiday visiting some cousins and stuff. And then dad walks out one day and just goes, right, oh kids. We're going to Wonderland, right? And I lost my mind. Because here's the thing, like, I come from a you know, relatively big family. I have four sisters and a brother, and we had all the cousins there. But just, you know, we're just a working-class family, so the idea of all of us going to a theme park together was never really on the card. So, like, it just blew my mind that I'm like, how we... Oh, man, Dad must have been at the races. Who cares? Let's go, you know? So we all get in the Tarago, we're all piled in the Tarago. And I'm the only one in the family that's been there before, right? So I, it's up to me to get everyone excited. Um, I was self-appointed, but... Um, I'm just sitting in the middle of the van, just turning around to everyone, going, right, guys, this is what we're going to do first, right? When we get there, we'll go on the smaller roller coaster. Looks scary, made out of wood. Looks like it might collapse, so don't worry, it won't. Absolutely won't. <laughs> then we're going to go on the bigger one. Yeah, the line's a bit longer, but don't worry about it. We've got to thrill out of the way, and so we're all cool, we're into it, right? Then we'll go on the pirate ship. You know, one time the guy was upside down, it spewed. He spewed and came around and landed on him. Maybe we'll get to see that, yeah? <laughs> And just, like, overtaking cars, just opening up the window, going, we're going to fucking Wonderland! Like, oh, man, I can't, I can't tell you how excited... And then we get there, right? It's a good hour and a half drive. It's a long drive, right? And I'm just peeking the whole... Like... You know when you... Um, you like, when we get there, you know when you see kids that... Um, you know, they're four or five-year-olds that are so excited they don't know what to do with their bodies? <laughs> And so they just start humping things. Yes. I, I didn't hump anything, right? But that's the level of excitement that I was at, right? My dad gets out of the car and he's kind of looking around. I'm like, no, dad, over here. I'll show you where you've got to buy your tickets. You've got to go over here, over here, right? I know where to go. Come with me, right? And dad's like, all right. And then dad goes up to the counter and he goes, I'll get 50 tickets, please. Um, There's a lot of us, right? Maybe not that many, but in my mind it was like heaps, do you know? And then um, they go, oh, yeah, that'll be (laughs) $10,000. And dad goes, whoa. And he goes, oh, hang on, sorry. I've got these, right? And he hands over some vouchers that he had in his pocket. And then they look at it and they go, oh, yeah, that's right, cool. They go, that'll be (laughs) $9,700. And Dad goes, oh, these are free, though, aren't they? Aren't they free tickets? And they went, oh, no, so it's just a discount. And he went, oh, thought they were free. All right, everyone, back in the Tarago. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been to the um, 
car park of a theme park. Um, you know, you can, you can see the tops of the rides. Hear the screaming and the laughing and um, smell the popcorn and the... Anyway, so I went to Disneyland and um, <laughs> I went, oh. but before I left, like I, I said to myself, I'm, like, I'm going to go to Disneyland and friends were like, oh mate, if you're going to go to LA and you like theme parks, you've got to go to Magic Mountain. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll go to Six Flags, Magic Mountain. So I went there and then other friends were like, oh, you go to LA, you've got to go to Universal Studios. I'm like, yep, all right, I'll go to Universal Studios. And then I went, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to Disneyland, that's at Anaheim, then I should go to Knott's Berry Farm. So I went to Knott's. Anyway, I spent seven days in LA. Six of them were at theme parks. Um, I had the best time, right? The one day that I didn't go to a theme park, I went to the LA Zoo, right? <laughs> Love the zoo, went along to that, right? But here's the thing, I spent far too much time at the Australian exhibit. <laughs> because I just would daydream a lot when I'm... Anyway, all I wanted was to be... Standing there, at the, looking down at the kangaroos, right, some kangaroos in a pit, um, a big pit, like, you know, it's good, like, I had stuff down there that it likes, like grass and shelter and, you know, well-equipped pit, right? I'm looking down at the kangaroos and all I wanted was like a, you know, a, a, a couple to come alongside, it's just anyone to come alongside me and then they'd look down and see the kangaroos and go, oh wow, that's amazing, and then look for someone to share that moment with and then they'd turn around and they'd see me and I'd, you know, smile back at them. Oh, yes. And then, and then they'd go, oh, that's, that's pretty, they're pretty interesting animals, aren't they? Or, and, that, and then I could go, oh, them, got those in me bloody backyard. <laughs> It's a bit silly, but it's all I wanted to do. Um, I do try to be mature a lot of the time, and I think about serious kind of issues, and, like, I know it happened a long time ago, but, um, well, not a long time ago, but we, we got um, marriage equality in this country, and it was amazing. Um, however, it was such a horrible time as well, the process of getting that. Because basically it was a circumvention of our parliamentary system for the sole purpose of publicly torturing our community. And I'm not ready to move on from that. I'm not ready to forget that. And I don't want anyone to ever forget how horrible that time was. Um, so much so that I would like there to be a memorial built. And on the side, it'll just have, Les, we forget. <laughs> a little bit immature, but there we have it. Thanks very much. I'm going to do 
Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Deborah here. We will be going to Australia. We're in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Auckland, Christchurch and Wellington. The Gold Coast, where I was raised, there's still tickets. Christchurch, there's still some tickets. And Wellington, there's still some tickets, but not so many. So get in and get those quickly. On Wednesday, the 29th of January, I'm going to be hosting a fundraiser uh, for the terrible bushfires in Australia at the Clapham Ground with an incredible bill. Also check out the website for that. On the 30th of January, I'm doing Canned Laughter, Karaoke Roulette, that is hosted by Olga Koch and Max Aleska. Get in, get tickets now. We're also doing a huge Guilty Feminist live tour, the way we did last year, May again this year. It'll be a brand new show. We're touring it around the country. It's all live, not podcast. We are coming to all over the UK. You can check out dates and get tickets at theguiltyfeminist.com and starting in London at the Hammersmith Apollo, which is going to be a big gig. So get tickets now. Uh, my book is now available in the UK and other parts of the world. If you would like to bring along a book to any of the shows that I'm doing on this tour, then please do and I will sign it at the end. And don't forget, you can also get merch and the money for that goes into our pot for good things. Check out the website for that. And now back to the podcast. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. winning stand-up comedian and actress. She is also the co-creator of the incredible television show, Rosehaven. Please, welcome to the microphone, Celia Papola! <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. So the theme is maturity, so obviously I'm here. <laughs> Don't have a lot of time, I've got a game of hopscotch going out the back. Um, <laughs> full honestly, I am 35 years old, that's full grown up, right? 30, I'm 35 years old, and it's hard for me to say this, but I've had it so far quite about 12 years of being stand-up comedy success in stand-up comedy and, and acting and radio and a bunch of things, but 100% honesty with you, the skill that I believe that I am best at and that I am the most proud of is this. 
If you are listening to this on the podcast, that was real. <laughs> okay, I'm terrified because this is new. Okay, uh, <laughs> I'm a child. Right, now. So to me, maturity is about a few things, but maturity to me, I thought about what is maturity? And I think maturity, a big part of it is knowing when to let things go. You know, like nappies, no one to let those go. Um, sports girl, sports girl. Comes a point, gotta let it go. Then Portman's, gotta let Portman's go after that. That guy with the toe rings. Nah, gotta go. <laughs> flat sharing. Gotta be a point. I'm still doing it at 35 and it's too old. 35 is too old to be flat sharing. 35 is too old to be saying things like, where the fuck is my cheese? <laughs> now this, these jeans. Time to let them go, okay? Anyone who's in the room can see these jeans. I'm currently wearing ripped denim jeans. These are ripped on purpose jeans. Um, they're too ripped. Uh, we're currently in Thornbury, ripped jean capital of the world. And we've gone too far, guys. We're ripping denim too much. I saw a guy the other day wearing a denim jacket that was basically a spider web. Too far. <laughs> now, these jeans, <laughs> these jeans, I bought them ripped, okay? And what happens is they have perfectly good jeans and then someone rips them on purpose. Someone, like, they're perfectly good and then someone fucks them up on purpose and then I get them. <laughs> Which also describes my dating history, eh? <laughs> Anyway, the point is, these jeans are ripped on purpose, or at least they were up until three hours ago. Now, <laughs> I was out in the world, and then I was having a nice time with some friends, and then I got into a taxi uh, to go home, and I sat down in the taxi, and I heard this terrible sound. <coughs> so I split my pants, and I wasn't entirely sure where. Uh, it was the crotch area, so it's full split. Full split, full split out in the world, but I made it home. What do you do when you split your pants in the world? You go, gotta make it home, gotta make it home. And usually when you make it home, when you've split your pants, is you take the pants off and you throw them out. And I thought I could do that, or I could wear them one last time <laughs> to the guilty feminist and split them right. <laughs> and split them on stage in one of three ways. Squat, <laughs> high kick, or cartwheel. I am not a physical performer <laughs> or a stunt person, but I feel like, has any, who in here has ripped a pair of pants when they've been wearing them, all right? And we've hidden the shadows for too long. <laughs> you believe in me? I don't know what kind of preparation we need for this, but I'm gonna attempt a cartwheel, but I feel like we need full silence because I'm hoping we're gonna get the sound of the rip. Yes, wearing underwear. So let's do a countdown, three, two, one, and then silence, yeah? And then afterwards, obviously cheer, because I'll be crying, probably. <laughs> okay? What's your name down here? Lizzie. Lizzie, can you start a big three? 
when I get over there, when I'm ready, and I point at you, Lizzie. <laughs> I'm going to do some more jokes now. <laughs> My parents are real proud. Uh, I'll tell you that this is very quick and then I'll sit down. Um, I was trying to, you know, we're all trying to be better feminists and I tried in a really mature way to try and be a better feminist and with me everything ends up immature. It just does. I can't help it. And here was my plan to try and be a better feminist. I went, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about what I really like about being a woman. Because I get all caught up in all the bad stuff and the sad stuff. I get all real angry. And I went, no, nah, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to sit down and I'm going, what do I really like about being a woman? And you can judge this and you will, but this is what I came up with, all right? <laughs> I love being a woman because it's harder to get your vagina stuck in a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> I haven't tried it, I don't know, and I know not all women have vaginas, but as a woman with a vagina, I am very grateful for that because if I had a penis, I would put it in a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Straight away, immediately, non-stop. It is a suction machine with a dick-shaped hole. Like, fucking get it in there. Like, I just get, it's a it's designed, like, sticks like that, apparently. Get it in there. Like, it can't be that dangerous, right? If it ripped them off, we'd know. It'd be on the news every day. And by the way, any guys in the room or people with penises, I'm not telling you to do that. Don't be like, silly, told me to put my dick. No. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry, I'm very grateful. I don't have to make that decision. Not on my. For once, something I don't have to deal with is great. And by the way, I was talking to my male friends about this, and I get why you wouldn't actually do it, but I don't get why you wouldn't entertain it. Suction machine, dick shaped hole. Like, what? And my friend was like, no, ugh, no, of course not. Eh. And I was like, but why? And he goes, ugh, dusty. <laughs> I could have done more jokes and less, less physical comedy for a podcast. But you know what? <laughs> now these are tax deductible, so there's that. Thank you very much. I was hoping for a real good Brit. Oh, God. It's the worst. Still, still I know. I was hoping for a one... I don't know what I was hoping for. <laughs> but also, when um, I was listening over there, you guys, my, you both have partners who do your accounting for you. I don't, my partner doesn't do my accounting. My mum does it. No! <laughs> Seriously, I'm 35. I'm not entirely sure what superannuation is. I like when I said not entirely sure, I don't know at all. <laughs> I think it's, it's just some kind of enforced savings so that you don't die in penury. <sighs> I don't know. So... Uh, Maturity. Do you feel? Do you feel <laughs> mature as a feminist, as a mm. woman, as a person? No. 
And it's only going to get worse. Like, it hasn't got any better. Like you were talking about, you just think at a point, you go, ting, grown up now. Nah, hasn't happened. 35. Do you know the word I use the most? Yay. <laughs> yay. I reckon I say yay 35 times a day. Yay. Woo. I also say woo a lot. Your character in Rosehaven. So for people who haven't seen Rosehaven here or, or around the world... Uh, Rosehaven is a sitcom about a young man and a young woman who are friends. You're very sweet. Yeah. And uh, who are 35 year old friends. Yeah, yeah. Best Both mates. Best mates. Best not mates. Re- not romantically linked Plutonic in any way. Platonic mates. Completely platonic. And they both come, come home to a small town in Tasmania. Yep, running a real estate agency. Uh, he's come back to help his mum, but people keep saying, oh, it's because you can't hack it on the mainland. Yeah. Yep. So he's from there, and I'm his best friend who turns up, which yep. is fun. So I'm the goofball. I'm not a sidekick, but I am a goofball. So my character as primary goal is fun. And, <laughs> and normally it's the boy characters who are doing... You know, like on something like Parks and Rec, it's the guy characters... Oh, yeah. ..who are the doofuses, or like in 30 Rock... I mean, I love 30 Rock and I love Parks and Rec, but there's the sort of strict... Uh, actually, let me withdraw those, because I don't want Tina Fey, who obviously <laughs> does this, this podcast... But I know what you're saying, and we do feel that. I do feel that often it is uh, the female character in sitcom is normally the more go getter, got a career, you know, stronger, disciplined, nitpicky, that kind of stuff. Wants a partner, wants stuff, wants a career, and it's usually more the a male character who's the one living in the basement playing video games and eating cereal. So it's fun playing that character as a female. Not that there was really a choice because that's what I lean towards, and Luke's character leans more towards the, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's character is very uptight. Nervous, anxious. Nervous, um, anxious, uptight. Yeah. Uh, but you also have a lot of parts for what in the industry would be called mature actresses as well. Yeah, women over 60. Yeah, and we're really proud of that. I mean, I wish we could have done better with a, a more um, people of colour in terms of casting, and we tried, but we could do better. But something I am very proud of is that we do have a lot of roles for stronger, um, older female characters in our show. Like, Chris McQuaid is a lead, and she's wonderful. This series, we've got Genevieve Pico as well. Like, there's this amazing talent pool of um, these older female actresses who a lot of them spend a lot of time doing stage plays and stuff who are wonderful and never get to do comedy, and they're brilliant. It's such a waste, isn't it? Mm. We think women hit an age where they're just out of sight. And that's not just about, oh, poor Hollywood actresses, because, you know, there are people with worse jobs, but it's actually about representation, if you never see older women on the screen, which is where we spend a lot of our time on screens, mm. then older women in life often complain about being invisible. And I think a lot of it is lack of representation. And, but then you've got other, you know, your, the secretary, what's it? Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Marsh. Who's, you know, just hilarious, you know, so there's a whole range there. Her name's Nola Foxcroft, and we do an open casting call in Tasmania, so anyone in Tasmania who wanted to audition was allowed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was some fun times and Nola won't mind me say, I think she's in she's in her 80s and she is phenomenal and she just walked in and is amazing she, she plays Mrs Marsh and she's brilliant and we were so excited to just find her and she acted maybe 30 years ago and then never again and just yeah just because we're, we're brilliant and people up. love her and she got a magazine spread there's a magazine in Tasmania that's like Women's Weekly but for it's basically Older Women's Weekly. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's called, but she got a magazine spread. She gets recognised on the street. She's loving life. She's having a great time. Good on her. Yeah. Good on her. I mean, the fact that that's sort of remarkable, where we're, it's even in our response to that, it's almost like, it's so cute. 
But actually, like, that's because it never happens. And older women, I just think as I get older, I'm just getting better. I'm not regressing. I've got all my life experience, which I am formulating some ideas on. And I think in 40 years, I'm going to be oh awesome. Goodness. That's when I'm going to hit peak. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hit peak as everyone loses interest in me. And that is, that is, no, we must stop. We must start asking older women, no, what do you know? Yeah, but I feel the same way. Like, you know, I, I'm turning 40 this year and I can't fucking wait because I went, 20s were kind of, uh, and then 30s. 20s are generally tough, aren't they? Yeah, but you don't realise it at the time. I think... Like, it's, I'm a... The state know. of your bathrooms when you're 20. Oh, oh, oh Shared flats and just... Also, the state of your head. Geraldine <laughs> like, and I just... lived in a house just over there and we had a kitchen. If you dropped something, it rolled away. Yeah. <laughs> the bathroom was on a yeah. hill. Yeah. And the drain was at the top of the hill. And there was... And there was... And there was a, there was a chest of drawers that had a dildo in it that didn't belong to any of us. Oh, my... But no one had thrown it out. No, and we didn't want to throw it out either because we were like, what if someone comes back to it? So here's what we did. What if someone comes back? What if someone what? comes to the door and goes, Because it might be embarrassing. It might have been someone who used to live I there. I lived here Cause, seven years cause ago. Because that's what, in your 20s, um, you flat it's people... Is there like, any chance you found a red... A dildo, yeah. ...dildo about yay big? I didn't want yay. to look at it. I didn't look at it because... Our old housemates, they left some stuff behind. and the, so they were Clearly? Gone. Yeah. yeah. I so we didn't know... But I thought you meant you'd moved in. Well, we don't know. Dildo sitting in the cupboard. We don't know. Because if it was her, she would have taken it. Anyway, we don't know. So what we did was, we put it inside a Christmas stocking. <laughs> and we Obvious. hung it in the laundry. And then we moved out. Yeah. Oh... So someone else found it. Then they would think don't it was know. yours. Don't know. Don't care. Go I guess the off. idea was that, you know, we'd hang it on the, <laughs> oh on the door if we were, you know, having a... If you had a guest over. <laughs> then you so put like the, the Christmas stocking on the door. This is not really about maturity, but it kind of is because it just makes me laugh so much. There's another dildo story from us in a different flat. Oh, yes. Please tell. So... I did a stand-up show where I, at the end of every show, I, did, I had a door prize under the thing and inside it was a large dildo. Because being sex positive, it was about, it was clear in a box and stuff, right? Mm. But one of them had my name, I had one that I would use on stage that had my name in Sharpie because the joke was I had one when I was about 20 and I lost it and I don't know where it is. And it could, because I don't know where it is, it could be anywhere. And then the joke is, oh, it's under your chair and it's got my name on it. Anyway, so I had a bunch of dildos around me at all times. My agent had to buy me a bunch of dildos. Because they were props. Because they were props, right? Yeah. And then... We moved out. And then we moved out. And then we had cleaners come and do the final clean, right? And then Geraldine sent me a photo of... She's like, there was some stuff that they'd missed. There was a couple of boxes that were in a cupboard and stuff and they had taken them out and put them in the hallway. So there was a couple of boxes and something else. No. And then on top of the boxes was a loose dildo no. with black texture written on it, Celia. No! So to no. their mind, they have cleaned up a house that has so many dildos in it that you've got to put your name on it. <laughs> Guys, who's fucking using my dildo? For fuck, this is the last time. This is... This is Wow. The cleaner refused to make eye contact with me. Wow. I mean, that is... That's the actual worst case. 
I'm surprised you haven't gone into the witness relocation program. But I wasn't there. Geraldine was there, so I, I oh, don't well, mind. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was fine. <laughs> wasn't. I'm he knew I wasn't Celia, so. Yeah. <laughs> the most mature I ever feel is when I rent a car. Ooh. They just give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> You well, don't I make that face to the attendant. If I you do. make that face, they'd go, you, they'd take oh, it back. I go, really? Yeah, no, they give it to you. Got a license. You've got to be over 25. Yeah. If you're over 25, but I can make whatever that, faces I want. Is, is that what makes you feel mature? Is that you, Yeah, you renting know, a car makes me feel really grown up. Yeah. Because someone's I mean, giving you a car and it feels like... When I was 25, you know, I felt like, oh my God, this is like I'm a proper grown-up now. I mean, I wasn't exhibiting any signs of it. I was living... Just when you turned 25 or was there a yeah, thing that when you were 25? Yeah, generally I was like, oh my God, I'm a proper grown-up and I'm so old and, you know, I'll never be a oh, prodigy. See, I didn't get it till I was at least 35 maybe, th- in my 30s. Like, I was 26 for two years... Because you didn't realise. Well, yeah, because I just didn't know. Like someone. <laughs> are you sure you're the age you are now? No. You, are you? You could be. You could already be forty. You may be Mr. Birthday. Oh, I've thrown. No, it. no, no. I turned forty in, in July. It's easy because I was born in '79 and it's '19, so it's. The, so but it's, it's the like ship. the twenty. When I was twenty-six, though, someone asked me how old are you this year, and I went twenty-six, and then it was like a full. 24 hours later, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) 27. Hello Guilty Feminists, it's Jessica Regan here. I'm very happy to announce some upcoming dates for our Big Speeches workshops in 2020. So, in the first week in March, we're going to be doing two workshops on the 1st of March and the 8th of March, both on Sundays at the Rose and Crown Theatre in Walthamstow. Please note this venue has stairs. We're also doing three dates in a new venue called Holt Space, which is near Highbury Islington Tube, on the 29th of March, the 25th of April and the 10th of May. This venue is fully accessible. We're looking forward to seeing you there. So please do go online, look on the website guiltyfeminist.com to book and for more details and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Oh yeah, tickets for um, my comedy festival show are now on sale and it's called Things Are Going Well. Nice. And Celia Pecola. I'm not doing a stand-up show this year, but you can watch Rose Heaven on ABC and <gasps> iView. It's so good. Can everyone please watch Rose Haven? Wherever you are in the world, you can get it on Netflix, is that correct? No. Wherever but you are in the world, you tell can't... people to put it on Netflix. No, it's in uh, Australia and in the US on Sundance, but we're, tr- yeah, hopefully... Okay. But is it on iTunes? Yes. No. Okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if you are an international listener, try and source Rose Haven locally. Thank you. It's a brilliant sitcom. And it's, uh, Celia is just so incredibly funny in it. And it's wonderful. If we don't support things that are written by women with strong female characters oh. at the heart, they don't make any more. This is what happens, though. Sorry. Yes, go on. Sorry, go on. No, I just want to say this. That what they do, Celia, is they go, oh, the women's shows don't work. So we have to support them. If a show by a man doesn't do any box office, they don't go, well, that show's with men done for 10 years. So we need to support 
female-driven comedy. And so please watch Rose. It won't make you roll your eyes. Like it's not a romantic comedy. Like I, we're really proud of the fact that it's silly and fun and nice. And there's every time it gets to a point where we go, oh, we go cut it. Now, no yeah, moments in it at all. Um, also, please watch it because we are currently getting smashed by fucking married at first sight. Whoa! Because people like Deborah. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we are. I know, I know. But it's we're, so we're up against oh, no. the eight, the whole ABC comedy lineup, which is incredible. It's hard quiz at eight o'clock, then us, then get cracking, which is fucking amazing. Uh, they because they're scared of us. They're scared of women doing comedy. So all the networks are all reality. It's um, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. MKR and Married at First Sight. So uh, please support watch it, us. and you can watch it on demand and all of those things in yeah. Australia. So please, please, please watch it and tweet about it because actually, the more you tweet about it, the more they know that actually people are watching it. We've got a real treat for you. You are now going to become a choir. That's right. It's worth coming out and not just listening to this at home. Could you please put your hands together and make wonderful new hooing noises for Jane York, accompanied by Madalena from Big Feminist Sing! Hello. Did everyone have an amazing time? We've just been laughing so much on side of stage. Thank you, Deborah, for having us this evening. Um, so, Big Feminist Sing is a monthly singing workshop that moves around Melbourne in different locations, and we run two-hour workshops, but tonight we're going to run a 10-minute workshop. So, it's a mini, big, guilty feminist sing. So, <laughs> now, consent is super important. So, who wants to be a choir this evening? I reckon that was okay. We're really about enthusiastic consent in 2019. So if you want to be in a choir, maybe sing to me yes. So do we want to be in a choir? That was, that was a good warm-up, yeah. <laughs> now it really helps if we're going to sing that we feel comfortable. So I can't see you at all because there's lights in my eyes. But can you make yourself as comfortable as you can by sitting up in your chair like lovely posture like there's a book on your head yeah I can hear you having beautiful posture <laughs> and please don't knock over your wine while you're doing it <laughs> I want to introduce Madalena tonight um, now Madalena this is the first time she's accompanied us for Big Feminist Sing she's a singer-songwriter in her own right based in Melbourne but from Tassie and you can check out her music on Spotify is that correct she's got an EP so you can have a listen later when you get home all right, let's get straight into some singing. Now I'm going to sing something, and the minute you catch on, join me.
job. Now you have to make a really difficult decision. Are you Leslie Gore or Beyonce? So obviously the answer, the correct answer is Beyonce. However, we can't all be Beyonce, so I'm going to cut the room down the middle. This side of the room is going to be Leslie Gore, so you don't own... Oh, good, we're into it, good. You don't own me. Same with the balcony, left-hand side, your right, my left. We're Leslie Gore, and we're going to be Beyonce. So let's have a go, Beyonce, of our little bit. <laughs> Deborah's obviously Beyonce, right? Yeah. Pick a side. Oh my goodness. That needs to be so divisive. There's more options, it's gonna get worse. So Beyonce, we're singing Who Runs the World? And we all know the answer is, or women, or you know, however we wanna express it. Mature women tonight. Who runs the world? Let's have a go of that, just us. There's more. So um, you'll know this one. R E S P E C T. Find out what it means to me. Let's all try that. R E S P E C T. Find out what it means to me. Great, let's keep going. R E S P E C T. choice now we've got to pick between Aretha who's obviously the diva of all time Beyonce and Leslie Gore I think we're just gonna I'm gonna make the decision for you to make it easy so this whole half of the room we're gonna stick with Leslie Gore I'm gonna break up the Beyonce's so we're gonna be Aretha and we're gonna be Beyonce same goes for the balcony folk all right are we ready have some guitar please Maddie if you're very talented also do this while you sing, but you have to also sing and not spill your wine. All right, Leslie's, are we ready?
to the meat and potatoes. Sorry, vegans, I meant just potatoes. Before we get into the potatoes and corn, I'm trying, I've, I've cut meat out. Um, ex, um, except where, I mean, occasionally, if, no, I mean, if someone's cooked it for me and I'm at their house sort of thing, you know, I'm one of those people. Um, on my own devices, I only eat fish. I know there's overfishing, but fish aren't as sentient and they have a nice life. It's not like the farming situation. Do you know, just quickly, do you know that they've discovered a fish that can recognise itself in a mirror? Well, that's fucked fish for me now. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Cal Wilson here. I'm a feminist, but not only am I accompanying Deborah Francis White around New Zealand this February, I'm doing my stand-up show, Gifted Underachiever, as well. You can catch me in Christchurch from the 11th to the 16th of February as part of the Bread and Circus World Buskers Festival. Tickets are available from breadandcircus.co.nz. And I'll be doing this show in Auckland on February the 22nd, right before we do The Guilty Feminist. It is going to be a big night for Wilson. Tickets from qtheatre.co.nz. I really hope you'll join me or I'll be lonely. <laughs>